0: I am so excited about this message series, Not Quite Disney. This past, last Sunday, I could barely talk, by the way. Um, Podcast sounds trash, but it's amazing. Um, Still good content, if you can make out what I'm saying. Um, But last week, um, we were able to just explore um, this idea of family and how important it is to God. And before we can try to be um, good parents good spouses, um, even have a good dating relationship with somebody, we got to know that we are loved by God. We have to know that we are accepted by God. We have to know that that we belong in his family. And we've got to know that we've already been affirmed by God. And we saw that, you know, in scripture last week, how God feels about Jesus. And how God feels about Jesus is exactly how God feels about you because he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for us so that we can have what's called the great exchange. We can exchange our guilt. We can exchange our shame, our depression, our sin, all of the nasty side of us that we don't let anybody in on. We exchange that um, for, for Jesus' righteousness. And in scripture actually says that Jesus became a curse for us so that we can receive the blessing of Abraham. How many of y'all know that God wants your family blessed? I should have got a better amen than that. How many of y'all know that God wants you, he wants your household, he wants your marriage? Even if you're not married yet, he's still gonna want your marriage to be blessed. Somebody might need to reach up and receive that by faith that God wants us to have healthy, blessed marriages, amen? Amen, yes, give it up to God for the future, right? (laughs) Hey, so look, check it out. So um, today we're going to talk about marriage today. And look, if you're not married, if you're dating, if you're single, if you're not even thinking about dating, if it's complicated, look, like I want you to really like, I want you to really focus in on God today. Though we're going to talk about marriage, I guarantee you, you're going to be able to get some good takeaways. How many of y'all know that like God would rather have you prepared for marriage before you actually are thinking about getting married, amen? So I came across this stat, and I have to to share it, all right? So in 1930, I know it's a long time ago, almost 100 years ago, like 90 years ago, what is it, 83% of adult Americans were married. 83%, that is a huge number. Today... 49% of adult Americans are married. 49% of adult Americans are married. Now, check it out. You may say, well, you know, like, I'm just, you know, people are just taking their time now, you know, but, you know, and divorce has kind of been a thing, so I'm sure that that, that's, you know, that's happening. And you're right, because 50% of marriages in America end in divorce, So not only do we have less than 50% or less than half of the adult population in America are married, but 50% of marriages end in divorce. I want to let you in on something if you haven't noticed it already, but um, marriage is under attack. I'm going to say that again. Marriage is under attack, and we're going to explore why marriage is so important to God And why it's really important to our society. They go hand in hand. Marriage is so important to God. And it's so important to society. But in order for us to appreciate what marriage is. We have to know what God's idea of marriage is. He is the author of marriage. I want to say that again. God is the author of marriage. If you want to take a good note. You might want to write that down. God authored marriage. Marriage is a good thing. Marriage is an amazing thing. God actually says that it is not good for a man to be alone. And notice that, like, God didn't say, oh, you know what, Adam needs some boys. He needs some, he needs some boys to be able to kick it with. No, he didn't say that. He was like, you know what, I'm going to put my man to sleep, and I'm going to create his good thing, his wife. She is good for him. Come on, ladies, say, Ow right? Like, she is good for him. Can my brother say amen on that? Like, man, I thank God for my wife. We all cool with it, amen. Right? But marriage is a good thing. Like, we should celebrate marriage, right? So, but so, so today we're going to define marriage and what God's view of marriage is, why it's important to Him and why it's important to our society. So I wanna do this, let's go to Matthew chapter 19. And while you're turning there in your Bibles, I have to say this. This message is not intended to condemn. It is so important that I say that and I express that. Look, there is no perfect person in this building, including myself, I am probably the furthest from perfect in this building. Um, I'm just by the grace of God holding this microphone able to communicate to you about a perfect God, all right? So, like, this is not condemnation, but, like, I do have to tell you the truth today, all right? Like, I want, I want us to unpack um, truth about marriage and about God and what he intended. Listen, and if look, if you've experienced divorce before, look, I have a very dear loved one. Um, journeying through such a painful season of divorce in his life. This is a real issue that we face and that are plaguing our our society. But I have to let you in on scriptural truth. And it's always going to be laced with grace. It's grace and truth. It's never just truth with the absence of grace, it is always grace preceding the truth that we talk about. So just know that if you have, if your marriage has not gone the way that you wanted it to go, if you're going through divorce or if you've been divorced um, or, or just is complicated and you just got a whole lot of relational issues, listen, it is the grace of God that'll get you through. Amen? All right, so check this out. Um, let's go to Matthew again, chapter 19. I wanna look at verse three. And it says, the Pharisees also came to him testing him, saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? So now, now let's look at the Pharisees. The Pharisees were a religious group of people. They were self-righteous. They were legalistic. They really had no concept of who Jesus really was or grace. So they always wanted to challenge Jesus. And what they were doing was they, was they were challenging him to see whether or not Jesus was going to answer correctly according to the Mosaic law or Old Testament law. But Jesus came to actually fulfill the law that nobody else could fulfill and actually issue us a whole new law, which is grace. But here's what Jesus said. He said in verse four, and and he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female, verse five, and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So let, let me kind of paraphrase what's happening here. So you have the Pharisees and they're like, hey, can, can a man divorce his wife, or we could say, can a woman divorce her husband for any reason at all? And Jesus is like, are, like, are, you, are, you, are we reading the same Bible, guys? Like, like did you, have you not read when my father said, like, 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 when we were at creation, and he's making a man and woman, and he's saying that I'm going to create male and female, and the dude is going to leave his mama's house. Can I get an amen in here? Amen. And this man is gonna leave his daddy's house, and he's gonna be joined to his wife. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let that marinate there for a little bit. Like, like, like you wanna make sure like Bay is able to take care of Bay, and, and Bay can pay Bay's own bills before you actually allow. That's just a whole nother, that's a whole nother subject. I'm not even going to get into that. That's not in my notes today. Um, so look, 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 so look, so it says that, that the two will be joined. So what Jesus is saying is, how is it possible for you to separate from something that I intended you to be joined to? Now let's look at that, look, look at what join actually means. Join means to be equally yoked. So here's here's what what yoked what this term actually is. So so what they would do they would put yokes around two oxen, right? Like if if I was a rancher and I, I needed my oxen to plow in a certain direction, I will put in a yoke around the oxen to the left, and I will put a yoke on the oxen to the right, and then I will give this ox, oxen a push so that they can begin to go in the same direction. So look, the key to a healthy marriage is for you to have the same vision, and you're walking in the right direction. So he's like, look, look, if you're joined at the neck or if you're joined, you're equally joined to one another. How is it possible that you could ever separate from each other? So so he's he's like, you know, didn't you read that the two will be joined? So what we got to know is this marriage is not 50 50. Marriage is 100 100. You better step 10 toes in every single day of your marriage with 100% effort because it's going to take 100% of the man's love and the woman's love and man's sacrifice and the woman's sacrifice in order to make the marriage healthy. I lost a couple amens right there because, listen, listen, if you haven't noticed yet, if you are going to be in a healthy relationship, you have to die to yourself daily. My wife, like, that's real. That was, I, listen, y'all, say it again for the back. Like, but it's, it's so true. If you're going to have a meaningful relationship, you have to die to yourself. This whole idea of independence that is foreign to God. Oh, but, but I got my own, like, this, look, look, I pay my own bills. Like, my bank account, I'm good. He can have his. I got mine. Listen, that is not scriptural hope. The, listen, the two, I'm going to preach over here because I think somebody might be mad. So listen, so, so look, like, like, like the two shall be one. It ain't two accounts, it's one account. And if you're not ready to step up to that level yet, boo, you might not be ready to put a ring on. Jesus. Man, I'm, I'm pre, I got happy right there. So look, marriage, it takes 100% commitment on both parties. Join means, it actually means to be glued together. To be glued together. Why do you think divorce hurts so much? It's like if you had your hand crazy glued to a wall. And somebody came along and ripped your hand from that wall. That's divorce. Divorce. It's nasty. Nobody should ever have to live through that pain. It is horrible. It always ends in jagged edges because you've ripped apart something that was intended to be together forever. And I just wanna say this too, like if, if, if you're single, you're in a dating scene, like, like, like have a vision for your life and have the vision for the person that you're dating And if you don't, don't date them because all you're going to do is practice divorce. You go from her to her to her and then to her and then to her. And then then him, he asked me for my number. So, yeah, I'll go out with you, no problem. And, like, you just steadily, like, just going and going and going and going. Listen, all you're doing is setting your heart up to decommit from things. Date with intentionality. Don't date because you are lonely on a Friday night. That was, I mean, sometimes i just be saying it. I'm sorry if that came up a little, like, I mean, I don't know. I woke up super early today. Maybe I'm not as gracious as I need to be, but, like, I'm going to just preach it how I feel it today, I guess. So, listen, um, so Jesus said to them, the two shall be... One, so check this out. It's not going to be on your slides because God just gave this to me this morning. But divorce is like separating yourself from yourself. How? Like, like how, how do you separate yourself from yourself? Because the two shall be one. Divorce is like separating yourself from yourself. You can separate two individuals, but you cannot separate a single unit. You can separate two individuals, but you cannot separate a single unit. And God intended for marriages, husband and wife, to be a single unit. God intended a a, a husband and a wife to be a single unit. So let's look at at verse 6. So it says, so then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Let not man separate. If God has called you to be two people to be, become one, get that two, ends up being one. If you're one, God is saying, don't let anybody, don't let anything separate what God has called to be together. Now, this not this, this, this phrase, not men separate, that includes the husband. So husband, don't separate what God has put together. Wife, don't separate what God has put together. Come on, some of our mamas, don't let your mama separate what God has put together. Ooh. Dang. Wow. Look, don't let your sister, like, separate what God has put together. Don't let your homeboys who ain't had no girl in about five years separate what God has put together. Come on, don't let, don't let little baby at work <laughs> separate what God has put together. Everybody got little baby at work, and y'all know who little baby is. Look, don't, 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 let, don't let the guy who always has the kind words at your job separate what God has put together. Don't let the dude that tends to notice you in ways that your husband ain't noticed you in a long time separate what God has put together. I feel the Holy Ghost just on me this morning. I don't know, like, can't explain it today. So we can't let anything separate us from one another. Look, don't let your feelings separate you from, don't let your feelings separate what God has put together. And we all be in our feelings sometimes. So quiet right now. But we all be in our feelings. We all be feeling some kind of way sometimes. But don't let your feelings separate you from what God has put together. So look, Let's look at this. Here's what the Pharisees' rebuttal was against Jesus. And I think our culture has a lot of rebuttals against Jesus. Because Jesus is saying, Look, I, I did not intend for people to get divorced, I did not intend for what I put together to be torn apart. And as we can see, about 50% of marriages, and many of which are Christians, and I think we got rebuttals against Jesus, but you don't understand, God. I can't do this. This is too much. And we just we come up with so much. And here's what their rebuttal was. And they said to him in verse 7, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? So they're saying, look, in the Old Testament law, Moses actually said, you can have a certificate of divorce. As long as you got this certificate of divorce, you can fi- it could be finalized. You can go and get you a new bay." So Jesus said in verse 8, he said to them, and again, their language was in verse 7, Moses commanded to give a certificate of divorce. But in verse 8, Jesus said, no, Moses, because of Hardness in your hearts permitted you to have divorce or you to divorce your wives. But he said in this last part of verse 8, he says, But from the beginning it was not so. You see, we've been constantly trying to change what God intended from the beginning. And because we've been trying to change what God intended from the beginning, we're getting the results that God never intended us to have. And so Jesus is like, no, Moses actually permitted divorce. And here's why Moses permitted the divorce. Because these guys back in the Old Testament, when, they, when their wives um, ended up having their babies and their bodies weren't what they used to be and they were getting older and they're taking care of the kids and maybe they can't have a face beat to the gods like they used to before. <laughs> And they looking like they're at home being a mom to your kids. They start being abusive to their wives. They start talking bad to them and being verbally abusive to them, being physically abusive to them. And in some cases, they actually allowed other men to be abusive to their wives. So Moses said, you know what? Instead of you treating her like trash Go ahead and get you a certificate of divorce so that she can be free from you. So maybe somebody, some godly man will be able to see her as the queen that she really is. Let her go. So he permitted because of the hardness of your heart. Now I want to tell you this, whenever anybody gets divorced, at least one person in that relationship has a hard heart without fail. Somebody in that relationship has a hard heart. If your marriage ends in divorce, either you or your spouse have a hard heart where you're like, you know what? I'm set, I'm done, I'm finished, I ain't forgiven, I'm not doing this, he don't deserve it, she don't deserve it, I am done. That's a hard heart. And one thing that God will not interfere with is your heart. God wants our hearts to be soft to him, and towards our spouses, regardless, that's good preaching. That's some real good preaching right there. I'm gonna say amen to myself on that one, Pastor. You're doing such a good job. That's me patting myself on the back, by the way. Great preaching. All right, let's look at um, let's look at John chapter one verse seventeen. It says, "For the law was given through Moses, the law." was given through Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus so now we'd be thinking like what well, the law would actually say that no you better stay married to your spouse you had better stay married and never get divorced we would think that that was the law but the law actually permitted divorce you see grace has higher standards than the law Come on, man, somebody missed y'all chance to say amen. You've been waiting all morning for it, and you missed it. Like, grace has higher standards than the law. The law permitted divorce, but grace says because you've received God's goodness, and you've received God's love, and you've received God's forgiveness, you ought to give grace to your spouse and stay married. Oh, wow. That's a game changer right there. So you mean to tell me, God, you love like you love me so much that you out of the abundance of your love, I ought to be able to love my spouse unconditionally the same way that you love me unconditionally. Yep. Oh, dang, God, like you get you poured out all this grace and all this mercy upon me so that I can have an abundance of grace and mercy operating in my life so that I can pour out grace and mercy on my spouse. Now check this out, so Jesus in short was saying, answering their question, no. No, you can't put your spouse away for any reason. But there are two reasons why while you can biblically walk away from a spouse, and that is abuse, and that is infidelity. And with the infidelity, hear me hear me well, it's still not God's best for it to end in divorce. So it's like, what? It's not. It's not. If you walk through counsel, if you have forgiveness in your heart, I believe that those marriages could be restored. I've seen it happen in the lives of other people. My wife looking at me like, you do it if you want to. <laughs> what Beyonce say? You gonna lose? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna keep going. Um, like I said, I got up way too early today. Um, so let me keep going. So look. So I wanna give you. Th- I wanna. I wanna give you three things you need to know about marriage. Three things you have to know about marriage. And I, I, I assure you that if we understood this as a generation, nobody would walk away from their spouse. Nobody. Um, let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Can I teach a little bit today? So verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us, let us, let us make man in our In our image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So you have to know that Satan is going to attack your marriage. Can we just say it like the devil is going to attack Your marriage, he is going to attack marriage. We see it, it's that marriage is under attack. But you have to know this, that God has given you dominion. It says that let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. Dominion actually means rule. It means prevail. And it also means to reign. So God has given you power. You think, like celebrities invented power couple? No. God invented the power couple. He has given you power to reign, to rule and to have authority in your marriage. When the enemy tries to attack you, when the enemy try, and he will try to attack your marriage, you have authority to rule over him if you can maintain unity. You know the first attack that the enemy brings to a husband and wife? Division. Because if you're not seeing the same thing, you can't go the same way. And if I can get you to go a different way, I can get you to part ways. So God is like, listen, I am giving you rule. You have the right to prevail and reign. So God, I love the the definition prevail. That dominion means to prevail. That you can prevail against that argument, that that argument doesn't have to divide you so much, and you're gonna argue as husband and wives you are because you're still you still have different thoughts and you have different ideology and you have <clears throat> you have different feelings. So there's gonna be differences in, in arguments, but you have the right or you God has given you the power to prevail so that your relationship can remain. Amen. So then you have God-given power to overcome the enemy and represent the image of God in the earth. And so like, let's look at the next verse. So it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So let's look at it. He says, let us or in our, let us and in our. So these are plural words. So hold on a second like why is God saying us? Well God, what you have to understand about if you're going to understand marriage, you have to understand the nature of God. So God is this word Elohim and Elohim is a, a plural word. And so what Elohim embodies is the holy trinity. And the holy trinity consists of God the Father, God the Son, And God the Holy Spirit. I want to give this to y'all slow so y'all can get it. Like, I want you to write. I want y'all to take notes. Like, because I I cannot have y'all forget this. Like, this is so important to God and our society. So look, like this, God is a triune God. He says, let us, meaning God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let us, let God, let God the Father, let God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit make man, In our image, in the image of the Son, in the image of the Father, in the image of the Holy Spirit. And here's the next thing that you need to know. Man doesn't mean male. Man means humankind. So let us, let the Father, let the Son, let the Holy Spirit make human beings in our image, in our likeness. And let them have dominion. Let them have power in their marriage to overcome the enemy together. And let them have dominion over everything that they touch. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion. Let them have power. So you have to understand this about the Trinity. There are three distinctive persons in the Trinity. They have distinctive missions. God the Father orchestrated all of creation. But it was by the Holy Spirit's power that actually allowed his words to become materialized in the earth. Come on, the, the Spirit of God was waiting on the father to say, what do you want to get created? And then Holy Spirit went and created what God wanted to be created. And then we have the son and the son modeled to us who the father is so that the son could restore us to a loving relationship with God the father. The father had the plan, the son executed the plan and now the Holy Spirit empowers us to continue to carry out the plan. Three distinctive persons are are the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But these three are so in sync, are so in line, that they are one. Just like a marriage is supposed to be. One. Just like a marriage is supposed to be. One. One. Do you ever see God the Father speaking ill about the Son? Do you ever see the Son disgruntled with the Holy Spirit. You never do, but you do see them complimenting each other. You see them walking in stride with one another. You see them trying to actually boost up the other person so like I like to say this God the father is always trying to glorify the son but when you look at the words of Jesus he's always trying to glorify the father and then when 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 Jesus is about to leave the earth after he gets crucified then he's saying look one is coming better than me and he's not just going to be with you he's going to be in you you got to receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is so incredible and then when Holy Spirit comes on the scene Man, when Holy Spirit comes on the scene, Holy Spirit, uh, he's actually saying, I will never speak of myself. All I'm going to do is remind you of what Jesus has already said because his words are so powerful. So now check this out. Satan never attacked Adam. Satan, when it was... When it was Adam and it was God, Satan never attacked him. Because one man can never represent the Godhead. Let us make man, mankind, male and female. Let us make man and female. Let us make husband and wife in our image, after our likeness. Satan never didn't attack until he saw the image of God in the earth. Let that sink deep, man. Look, it's a reason why, look, if you are, and this is not shading anybody, but if you think that it's okay for you to just be, like, single, like, like I'm talking about, like, not that ain't nobody approached you. That's not what I'm talking about. But if, like, you have just, like, not, like, I'm selfish, I ain't ready. You don't understand the Godhead. I'm, look, I, I'm just, I'm stuck in my, I'm stuck in my ways. I'm just not, like, I'm not, like, God never intended that to be an attitude that we have. Come on, all my single people so quiet right now. <laughs> you can't fully express all that, you can express the character of God and all that, but the image of God, the image of God is wrapped up in marriage. When God wanted to present a perfect portrait of who he was to the earth, his vehicle was husband and wife. Come on, man. Why do you think there's so much opposition against one man and one wife? One, one, one man and one woman. Why do you think there's so much opposition? Look, we love everybody. Everybody on this globe, whether whatever gender, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever you are welcome here. Can't even keep up with it all now. (laughs) It's no diss, no shade, I promise. But there's a reason why marriage between a husband and a wife is under attack because it represents the image of God. And Satan never wants the image of God to be represented in the earth. Can y'all take a little bit more today? So look, God intends, God intends for it to be a husband and a wife to reflect who he is in the earth. So God is triune in his nature. And so are healthy marriages. Somebody might be saying, well, hold on, what what you mean? Like, how, how is a husband and wife? gonna be triune. It's only two of them. Pastor, you good today? You good? What you talking about? The kids? Nope. I'm not. Mm-mm. Me and my wife are not triune with Briley. We are not. We are training that little one. Hey, hey, come this way. This way. Stop. Stop. Come this way. Like when we are training her. We are not triune. No. The reason or the way that Marriages can be triune or have to be triune is that it involves a husband, a wife, and God. A husband, a wife, and God. Next week, we're going to get into the roles of the husband and the wife. Or if you desire to to have that, you really want to be here next week. But we're going to talk about the husband, the wife, and then God these three should be one. And then I love what Ecclesiastes has to say. Ecclesiastes four and 12 says, though one may, may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. You wanna know how to divorce proof your marriage? Be one with your spouse? Be, be, well, first you need to be one, and then you need to be one with your spouse. And then you need to be one with God. And these three cannot be broken. These three cannot be broken. It's impossible, cannot be broken. So then let's look at number two. Number two represents, or marriage represents Christ and the church. Marriage represents Christ and the church. Ephesians chapter five, verses 32 and 33, it says, for this reason, So look, as a man, you're representing Christ. When it comes to the marriage relationship, you are representing Jesus. To who, pastor? To the world. To the world. I'll dig into that a little bit later. And so you're, as a husband, you're representing Christ. How did Christ love the church is how we are to love our wives. We're going to get into that a little bit more next week. And so we see that, right? And then, and then uh, wives, you are to represent what Christ or what, what the church is to Christ in your marriage relationship. You represent what, what the church is to Christ in your marriage relationship. And Paul calls it a great mystery. So how does all this work? Well, let's just say an unbeliever. You know, an unbeliever who's trying to understand, well, how can, I trust, how can I trust that God really loves me? And husbands, we ought to say, well, you know how I'm willing to do anything and everything to show my wife that I love her? Those are the same lengths that God is willing to go to show you that he loves you. Somebody, somebody's like, man, how do I pray? Like, right, like, this is a, a, a great question that a lot of new believers um, end up asking. It's like, well, how, how, do, I, how do I communicate with God? Like, can I, can I do that? Is that possible? Well, wives, you ought to be able to say, well, um, you know how I communicate to my husband? That's how you can communicate to God. Now, 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 hold up. Hold up. <laughs> because if you rolling your neck and you doing all this and you constantly tearing him down, reminding him of his failures. They'll turn around and be like, well, I don't, I don't want to be saved." The reason why there are so many people struggling to know who God is is because they don't see his marriage or his, in, 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 his image in the earth anymore. But when we have a healthy relationship with our spouse, we're actually able to use our marriage because it's so rare to see today to point people to Jesus. People would be all like, man, like, how, how, am I, how do I know that God is gonna keep his word? Well, you know how I keep my word with my wife? Where like I wanna be watching a football game right now, but I promised her that I would cook with her to spend time with her tonight. That's how God is willing to sacrifice and keep his word for you. Paul calls it a great mystery because so many people haven't figured it out. But I am telling you, this is what the mystery is. Your marriage is bigger than you. If you're standing down at the altar or you're dreaming about your wedding day and all you're thinking about is you, you're getting it wrong already. Your marriage is to, yes, you're supposed to be, um, you're supposed to have happiness in your marriage, but you don't get married to make you happy. Can all the married people say, hey man, he preaching good on that? Like, you don't, if you're looking for a dude to keep you happy, man, I'm sorry. Like, my wife knew, like, she wasn't going to marry me to keep her happy. I'm going to have moments where I make you happy. I can't keep you happy. Only Christ can. Amen? When you get married and you're standing before the altar, and actually when you get married, you stand before God because he's the one who authors marriage. And you make that decision to come into a covenant relationship with your spouse. Man, you're saying that, God, I'm going to do everything in my power to represent who you are in your image in the earth so that others can see that you love them the way that I am supposed to love my spouse man, that's so good. That is so good. And my last point, because y'all loving this so much, let me give you all another one. Number three, marriage represents covenant. Marriage represents covenant. Malachi chapter two, verse 14 says, yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness because of You and the wife of your youth with whom you have dealt treacherously. Remember I told you you all about how they were doing their wives in the Old Testament? This is God checking them. And then he says, yet she is your companion. Fellas, like, she got to be your friend. She She has to be your intimate friend, a companion. And then he says, and your wife by covenant. Your wife by covenant. I'm going to let y'all in on something. I think we got a couple engaged people in here. Look, you can write your own vows. That's cool. But make sure that you keep God's. I know it's the cute thing to do. Like, man, I wrote these, and they fire too. Like, I had her crying. Like, it's a whole, like, competition, right? I'm going to kill you with mine. I'm going to kill you with mine. Listen, all that is cute and cool, but that don't make your marriage last. Because covenant says for, for better, Or worse. I love God because he lays it out. He's like, look, you're going to have some amazing times. And then you're going to have some times where, like, you know what I mean? Like, one bad move and you're going to serve some time. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) like, it's marriage. But you know what the world has to see? Man, y'all got into that crucial argument, but y'all hugging by the end of the night? How? Well, you know how God forgave me? Jesus. For richer or poorer, now we can preach on this all day because we didn't had a lot and then we had nothing at all. We didn't, we didn't had a plenty in our bank account and then we didn't seen all of our account just completely fade away. You still going to love your spouse? Mm. What, if, what if he led you into losing money? You going to love him? This is where it gets real, guys. I don't, I don't know if y'all feel that right now. It got awkward in this section right over here. <laughs> huh? Oh, I can't have joint accounts because, like, the way my finance is set up and, like, her, she's still working on her credit right now. And, and, um... <laughs> Listen. Like... Hold up. Hold up. I'm going to keep going. I feel like, feel like some of y'all laughing so y'all don't cry. Um, so look, here's what we need to know. Um, this is my last point, I promise. Um, you know, like, y- your marriage represents covenant, not a contract. We nice with the contracts in 2019. Come on, we'll put a trademark on our kid's name. We are good with contracts. We know all about it, prenuptial uh, uh, agreements, all that stuff. Like, we we do that. But God doesn't do that. You see, a contract says we protect our rights and we limit our responsibilities. We're going to protect our rights. You better make me happy. But we don't want no responsibilities, though. We don't want no responsibilities. We don't want no responsibilities at all. But covenant says we give up our rights and we pick up our responsibilities. Here, let me, let me, let me say it this way. So... So, so this, this is a scene that happened in heaven, and God, God, called, God called his son, Jesus, because in, in Old Testament law, here's what God's end of the deal was. God entered into a covenant with his people, and God's end of the deal, he says, look, I'm going to protect you, I'm going to provide for you, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to protect you, I'm going to provide for you, I'm going to bless you. Here's what our responsibilities were. You better do everything perfect. Everything perfect. You better not make a single mistake. How'd that go for us? Not so good, right? But here's new covenant. God calls Jesus into his living room in heaven. He's like, hey, come here, son. I want to talk to you a little bit. And Jesus is like, yes, daddy. And God is like, hey, um, um, I got Brandon here, and um, Brandon's, Brandon was born into sin. Brandon has made so many mistakes in his life, and he's not going to be able to uphold his end of the deal. So I was kind of wondering, I was thinking, um, is, it, is it possible for you to come down from heaven and enter into the earth? And live the life that he couldn't live and die the death that he deserved so that he could be my son the same way that that you're my son. And Jesus says, without hesitation and love in his eyes and compassion in his heart, of course, Daddy, I would love to do that for you. And then God turns to Brandon when I was 17 years old in my bedroom, drunk, out of my mind, depressed, filled with guilt, and my life is ridden with shame and and sin. He says, Brandon, he showed up. His presence showed up in my bedroom. He said, hey, Brandon, do you believe that Jesus came to live the life that you couldn't live and die the death that you deserve to die so that you could be my son? and i said yes father i believe and he says now i will never leave you and i will never forsake you you see this is the this is the salvation story of my life but this is also the story of marriage where it says that 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 if if your spouse doesn't hold up their end of the deal you still do come on church That even if your spouse is treating you like crap and not loving you the way that you deserve to be loved, you remember the day that you didn't love God back. And because you didn't love God back and he's freely loved everybody in this room, you ought to say, you know what, I'm not trying to limit my responsibilities. I'm trying to pick up my responsibilities so that you can know that I love you no matter what unconditionally, no matter how you're treating me, no matter how hard it it looks, no matter how bad the situation may be, I still love you. Love you. I ain't going nowhere. Because when we stood at that altar, for richer or poorer, for better or worse, through sickness and in health, I'm going to be with you until death do us part. And that is the love of Jesus to his church. And that is the love that he has graced everybody in this room with for us to love our spouse with.